welcome back to another episode of the Blush Podcast. This is Heva, and I have my co-host Tiffany. Hi, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. How's everything going with you, Tiffany? I know this is a trying time of year for you. I can't even put into words how much I fucking hate Thanksgiving. I hate everything about it. I First of all, I'm a vegetarian. I don't even eat turkey, so it just feels really pointless, to be honest. And then on top of that, I've always had really horrific Thanksgivings. And when I say horrific, I mean multiple breakups on Thanksgiving. One was right before, one was two days after. I've thrown up on myself on Thanksgiving (laughs) (laughs) while sitting on the toilet. I just puked all over myself and then sent a picture to all my friends. Happy Thanksgiving. The t-shirt you see on the floor has my own throw up on it. Hope you guys are having a better day. True story. Had you been drinking? I was drinking the night before. (laughs) And then I felt fine and I ate something and it all just came Mm. crashing out of me. Mm. Yeah, I've always had really just bad Thanksgivings. Like personal shit has gone awry. Last year, I made the conscious effort to really put my own mental health first. I went and visited my best friend in London. I had the best Thanksgiving with her. It was not your conventional Thanksgiving. But, you know, honestly, at this point, if you can relate and you also, Thanksgiving is a really triggering holiday for you for whatever reason. I think sometimes holidays in general can be. Really put yourself first and whatever you have to do to make yourself feel better. I really think this is a time you can be extremely selfish. If you want to turn off your phone, if you don't want to talk to certain people, do whatever you have to do to make yourself feel okay and really just fuck everyone else I think this is good advice for life really but (laughs) especially anything or any time or any situation that is difficult for you what about you what are your Thanksgiving plans are you cooking because you're an amazing cook he was an incredible cook by the way check out her Instagram yeah. So I'm staying in the city. I'm going to I'm cooking. I'm actually <laughs> currently experimenting with things and I want to make roasted butternut squash, roasted red pepper and roasted garlic sauce for some things. Basically, long story short, in order to roast the peppers and the garlic, I put the garlic inside of the peppers so that they don't burn but still fully caramelize as I was shoving garlic cloves inside the pepper I was like oh god I'm starting to get PTSD flashbacks (laughs) I can't believe I'm doing this again we have to talk about why this triggered your PTSD of garlic shoving this past summer One day, I notice that my vagina feels a little yeasty. Now, also, we're losing all four male listeners right now. (laughs) Bye, guys. (laughs) No, it's not super yeasty for what it's worth. Like, it's not, I don't have any weird discharge or anything like (laughs) that, but I... (laughs) I can tell the yeast is a tiny bit out of balance, but it's not enough to warrant medication. And so I was like, oh, okay, I'll just do some kind of home remedy. And one of the ones that people swear up and down by on the internet 
is putting a clove of garlic inside your vagina and just sleeping with it in and then taking it out in the morning. And I was like, oh, great. I'm going to do this. It's going to go away. Everything will be great. I put it in at night. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, yeah, I can really feel like the flora is back in balance. (laughs) Everything's good. Like, you know, killed a tiny bit of yeast and now everything's back in balance. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to take the garlic out now. And so I was like, uh, I'll just go pee. I'm sure it'll fall out. I pee. No garlic falls out. Okay. So I'll just like take it out now. You're like roasting garlic in your vagina essentially. I start fingering myself and it's like the least sexy thing that's ever happened ever. I can't get it out. I can feel it. I know it's in there. I can feel that it's in there. I just, I can't get a grip on it to pull it out. Meanwhile, my pelvic floor muscles are like in overdrive. They're like committed (laughs) to keeping this garlic inside at all costs. Like they're really clamping down. I was like, okay, no need to panic. It'll be fine. Like, okay, in movies, you know, when they do cavity searches, they make people like cough or cough and squat. So I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to do that. So I start coughing. It's not coming out. I'm coughing and I'm squatting. It's not coming out. I start jumping up and down. It's not coming out. I'm coughing and jumping up and down. It's not coming out. I'm just going to take a breather. I, there's no (laughs) need for me. Like the more I stress out, the worse this is going to get. I need to just calm down. So I take my dog out. I go for a nice long walk. I'm like, all right, really like let gravity do its job here. (laughs) Meanwhile, you're baking a roast garlic pizza in your vagina <laughs> it's like an italian restaurant yeah. down there <laughs> it's in the heat of the summer too <laughs> like, our, i mean literally our bodies are 98 degrees you know okay so go for a nice like three mile walk i come back i'm like all right i'm sure it's crowning it's ready to come <laughs> out at any time <laughs> you're birthing the pizza now <laughs> so, i go in the bathroom i wash my hands i start you know trying to get it out it's not coming out i put coconut oil in there i'm like all right let me like oh. get some lubrication in there get it to like slide out I'm creating some kind of weird recipe in there. (laughs) You guys, new Thanksgiving side dish (laughs) idea. (laughs) Really wow your family with this one. Warm coconutty garlic (laughs) with a side of yeast. Everyone just turned this off and now we have like zero (laughs) listeners. I'm so sorry if anyone's still listening. Also, I sincerely hope it's not my dad. (laughs) So this goes on for hours and hours and hours where I'm cycling through putting coconut oil in there, jumping up and down, coughing and squatting, doing fancy finger work. At some points, I'm like able to latch my fingernails into the garlic. So I'm like, oh, hell yes, I'm going to get it out. I'm going to get it out. And it's like coming so close. And then those fucking pelvic floor muscles just have like a death grip and shove it right back (laughs) up. And then like a tiny chunk of the garlic comes out with my fingernail. And it's to the point, what is going to happen? Like, 
is it gonna sprout in there this is also like during covid times i'm like i don't know if i'm gonna be able to like get a gyno appointment i don't want to go to a gyno and say that i have a clove of garlic <laughs> in my vagina i like get in the bathtub and like fully squat down and try like pushing it out i'm trying to give birth a water birth <laughs> i'm calling up a midwife i need your assistance <laughs> and you know what you can't judge me because it's crunchy assholes like you who convinced me that I needed to put garlic in my vagina in the first place, okay? So <laughs> by like 6 p.m. nearing 24 hours that the garlic has been in my vagina, I do another 200 jumps and I get in the bathtub and I just, I push, I push, I push, I put, uh, what is it, Knocked Up? Is that what it's called, that movie with yeah. Catherine Heigl? Yeah, yeah. I put it on in the background for inspiration. I was like, right, you can do it. <laughs> and I eventually gave birth Aww. to a two-gram clove of garlic. Her name is Giselle. She's Beautiful. really sweet. Yeah, it's, it's, oh. it's been a really nice journey since then. Motherhood really suits me. That's so beautiful, Hiva. So on that note, if you're cooking this Thanksgiving, enjoy your meal. I hope you ate before this conversation. Or no, yeah, I hope you ate before because your appetite's gone now. It's a nice diet, though. Anytime you want to eat, just play this <laughs> intro. And whoops, there goes the appetite. But yeah, hope you guys are all having a wonderful Thanksgiving. We thought in honor of Thanksgiving, we'll answer some of your questions on dating, relationships, life, sex, all of it. And we'll give our insight. I'm sure you trust the girls that put garlic up their vaginas. <laughs> I'll read the first question. Any advice for long distance relationships? I'm losing her because of fucking distance. And please don't tell me long distance relationships are wrong. Tiffany, do you want to take this one? I know you have experience. Yeah, I was in a long distance relationship. They're extremely hard. It didn't work out mainly because we were young. And I think the older you get, it's a lot easier to maintain long distance. I know right now because of COVID, I'm sure a lot of people are going through long distance relationships and it's been really, really hard to see each other. Now, there's a lot of factors that go into a relationship obviously, but we're going to just speak on the distance because there's so many things that could be creating problems in the relationship, but let's say it's just distance. I think the number one thing is really going to be scheduling. You're going to have to schedule out your relationship way more than you would if you were seeing this person on a regular basis if you lived in the same city. So there's two kinds of long distance relationships and I'm going to keep this relatively short. Either you have the long distance that you're choosing to live on different sides of the country and it's by choice for whatever reasons. I know a lot of couples do that. And then there's some long distance where it's kind of a temporary long distance and you're planning on eventually living in the same city. Just for now, you don't. If you fall into the temporary category, you really need to set up a timeline. And this kind of falls into the scheduling side of it. But have a clear timeline of when you guys are going to be in the same city, not only permanently, but also visiting. 
it's right now what end of November you should know December January February when you guys are seeing each other whether you're going and visiting your significant other or they're coming to visit you those dates should be set aside well in advance because you both need something to look forward to like set up a routine set up a schedule and there's a lot of cute things you can do I mean I was just thinking of this question and you know if it's a Friday night and you guys are long distance and it sucks because you want to be together and you can't guy or girl can do this postmate their favorite food tell them not to eat that night set up a 6 p.m dinner date get on facetime you guys can both eat together talk about your weeks like do these cute things put in that effort you're gonna have to put in effort that you know couples that live together or live in the same city don't have to do but that's a sacrifice you're going to have to make and set up these dates. And what do you think, Kiva? That's so cute. I love that Postmates idea. Oh, my God. Uh, truly, if anyone Postmated me anything, I would die of happiness. So. It's so romantic. And I think even if you're a girl, you can do this for your boyfriend or a guy can do it for their girlfriend and make something special. Get creative. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I don't really have much to add. I've never really done it. I mean, in college for like a semester or two, I was technically in a long distance relationship, but really like I would go out and play flip cup and hang out with my friends and drunk dial him sometimes. And he was cheating on me the entire time. So it's, oh no, and it's fine. It wasn't that serious of a relationship. So yeah, really don't have much to add. Definitely don't do those things. <laughs> don't do those things. And I will say, I do think if you're going through long distance right now and it's really difficult, fine. I really have to say, find that light of the end of the tunnel and set up a schedule when you guys are going to be in the same city, when you plan to move together and talk about that. If someone struggling remind them of hey you know I'm coming to see you in two weeks really put emphasis on the scheduling aspect even if it feels a little annoying but it's important that going into the week you guys are both on the same page that Wednesday night from 6 to 8 p.m you're spending time together and you're really like putting everything aside to really connect and talk about what's going on and even if you have to give each other the most mundane details of your lives really just do that yeah. It can 100% work. I'm a hopeless romantic. I think if you want to make it work, you can make it work and nothing should stop it. Yeah. Agreed. So our next question is, is it pointless to even try to have a relationship with an avoidant attachment type? Obviously, this is Hiva. Yep. Uh... Not necessarily. Wait, sorry. Do you mind explaining what that is for people that may not know? Yes. So avoidant attachment is an attachment style where people are really reluctant to get committed in short. So they really go out of their way to avoid any sort of commitment. They in theory, want to be with someone, but as soon as it starts picking up, they'll find a way to create distance. And avoidant attachment types often end up in relationship with anxious attachment types. Anxious attachment types are people who have a hard time being alone. And really what happens is anxious attachment types like myself are kind of addicted to the drama 
avoidant attachment types create that drama. And so they're, you know, in it for that. And at the same time, a person with secure attachment just wouldn't tolerate an avoidant attachment types bullshit. So really the only people who put up with that bullshit are the anxious types who desperately want someone. So they're just willing to put up with it. And so it creates this super toxic dynamic between the two. Here's the thing. If you have anxious attachment, it's really better to avoid someone with avoidant attachment because it does get toxic and messy. That being said, I think that, like Tiffany said, there's always hope. There's always workarounds. The first thing, age, I'm just going to throw it out there. I think most college-aged guys have some level of avoidant attachment, even if that's not really authentic to their core, I think there's so much societal programming that men should behave this way that they often do, even if it's not really intrinsic to their nature. So if this is like a 20-year-old kid, I think it's very likely that they'll just kind of grow out of it. Like I knew so many fuckboy types in college who just met a girl and really changed. So... If they're younger, I wouldn't read too, too much into it. The other thing is, if they're aware that they have this patterning and they actively want to change, then I wouldn't hold that against them. But if it's someone who's completely unaware of this or like, you know, will ghost you, ghost you for weeks at a time and thinks that that's totally acceptable and dips in and out of your life and just truly does not give a fuck about how they're treating you and thinks there's nothing wrong with their behavior, then I mean, I'm not going to tell you to get out, but what I am going to say is why bother? Like why put yourself through that? Because the more you put yourself through that, the worse your anxious attachment is going to get and the worse it's going to be when you eventually meet a nice guy and he's going to be like, hey, why are you so batshit? And it's because you put yourself through this relationship that really had no chance because this person wasn't treating you right and they were unwilling to change. I was just listening to what you were saying. And what do you think is the biggest difference between someone that has this legitimate issue and just like a fuck boy? Is there a difference or is that all the same? I don't know. I mean, fuck boy is also a label, you know? So I, I think there's a lot of different types. Like I think there could be guys who are just consciously choosing to have a lot of sexual experiences with a lot of different girls uh, before they settle down. I mean, are we going to call that a fuck boy? I don't know. Like, especially if it's someone who's really open and honest and being like, hey, I am not looking for something serious. I'm just looking to, uh, you know, expand my sexual horizons and experience lots of different things. I don't think it's fair to call that person a fuck boy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas some people might. Um, so that to me doesn't even sound like someone who has avoidant attachment necessarily. I mean, they might, but they also you know, might just consciously be choosing to have this experience. I think ultimately everything comes down to awareness. I think also with men, I think they move sometimes at a slower pace than women. 
And I see a lot of the times with my friends, and I've done this too, where I'd be ready to steer into a certain direction. Like I'm ready to commit. I'm ready to be exclusive. And they may not be ready yet. And that doesn't mean they don't like you or they're not into you. They're just not there yet. And I I think even women, I don't want to put a gender on it, but we all move at different paces. And sometimes if you put pressure on that situation or you're like ready to commit, which again, I've done, they could they could start becoming a little bit distant and doing that because I don't know, there's just, they don't want to deal with it. And sometimes instead of talking, it's just easier now for us to ignore or avoid the situation. So I think having that conversation and making sure that the relationship is going at a pace where everyone feels comfortable. And honestly, this is kind of a weird thing to say, but I would focus a lot less on other people's bullshit and focus a lot more on your own. I think it's so much more important to focus on ourselves and focus on how you feel. And if you feel uncomfortable or unhappy in this dynamic, then why are you putting yourself through that? Versus if you're feeling really, really anxious, I would get to the bottom of why you feel anxious. When have you felt like this before? Like, how can you self-soothe? Like, it's at the end of the day, everything we can experience is really our own bullshit. And I think everything we go through is there to get us closer to our authentic true self. So every shitty experience you have, every, you know, uncomfortable situation you have is ultimately there to steer you back to yourself. So focus on how you're feeling and why you're feeling that way and less on that person. Okay, next question. How do you handle having a crush on someone else while you're in a long distance relationship? Ooh, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a crush, whether even a long distance or you're living with them. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, it's different. I think a crush is one thing if you're like actively trying to have sex with someone else and that's not good. But I think crushes are so innocent. I mean, I think it, Depends on what you mean by crush. Do you mean crush like you picture yourself marrying this person one day? Or do you mean crush like you'll put on mascara before you know you're going to run into them because you just want to look your best? Like I have a crush on this guy who works at this place I go to. I don't even know how to describe it. But it's not affecting my life. I just if I see him, I'm going to flirt with him a little, but it's no big deal. I think the key in that question was long distance relationship though. Like you're not seeing your significant other. And so then you're seeing this other person, I'm assuming. And then you're like feeling some kind of way about it. So I'm a fiercely, fiercely loyal person. Anytime I've had crushes while being in a relationship, it usually comes from resentment that I have towards my partner. And I'm not saying that is the case here, but that's the only thing I would caution to be aware of. Are you maybe a little bit bitter towards your partner because you can't share a certain aspect of your life? I mean, potentially the long distance thing, I don't know. But that's what I would check for more so than anything else. Because if it's just oh, this person's a little exciting and you get a little tingly and like you <laughs> smile. Who gives a shit? Like, yeah. We're humans. Yeah. 
What's the best advice to attract older men and how to keep them around? So Tiffany, Tiffany and I have this friend, Apple, and she's dating an older man. And Tiffany, when she was single, she was like, how did she pull this off? And so we got advice from her. So I'm going to recycle that advice for attracting older men. So she says, go to the neighborhoods where they naturally are. So whatever city you're in, go hang out in the wealthier neighborhoods And she recommended, I mean, this was pre-COVID life, so, you know, it's a little different now, but she recommended going to the bar at like a nice steakhouse in those neighborhoods. So like if you're in LA, I would imagine like Beverly Hills or something, right, Tiffany? I don't know. Beverly Hills is old money, or you can go to like a senior citizen facility. Just, just walk in there and be like, yeah, I've assisted <laughs> living place. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Scrap what Apple said. Volunteer at a at an assisted living place. I mean, that's done. Case closed. Done. You're gonna get so much old dick thrown your way. You're not gonna know what to do with it. <laughs> they just hand out Viagra throughout the halls too. It's real convenient. I've heard assisted living places there's like orgies happening like if you're oh, scared they, they get it they yeah. get it. it yeah yeah I mean uh, the highest STD rates uh, this was a few years ago I don't know if it still stands but is among the senior citizen community because they don't use protection and they like to fuck so yeah if you haven't been able to see your grandparents because of COVID just know they are getting railed like you're like they're fine like they're like great I don't want to see my grandkid because I'm just having sex 24 7 yeah your grandma's currently reverse cowgirling your grandfather don't even worry about them they're fine don't worry they're living their best life they're in this like little cocoon and they're just wiling out okay so go to your local ritzy place wherever there's old money she also said to go with maximum one other girlfriend no one too loud too eccentric just act classy and chic and elegant but hang out at the bar be approachable if you can go alone great this was her advice I personally have dated Honestly, I used to kind of exclusively be attracted to older guys up until when I dated a much older guy. And then I just, it like, I grew out of it after that. After that, I just really wanted to date my peers. And I realized that there were other things that were making me attracted to older guys. But I used to pretty much exclusively be into older guys. Do you recommend dating someone older? Like, do you feel like it was a better relationship? Yes and no. It really had no long-term potential because we weren't in the same places in life. But for me, it really was a really good experience. It was a really good relationship. There's something about being a little bit older where you just kind of don't give a shit. So he really put up with a lot of my bullshit because he's like, uh... You know, I've 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 seen some things like you trying to pick a fight doesn't phase me. Like, you know, so it was really great for those reasons. 
the reason I was attracted to older guys, well, there were numerous things. Like I thought guys my age wouldn't be like mature or wouldn't be ready for like a real relationship. I didn't want like a gameplay type of situation. Also, there was this deeper layer where I thought that, I don't know, I didn't see myself as like one of my peers. Like I didn't fully fit in. Like I just felt very outside. And so I thought guys my age, like the hotter, cooler guys my age would never be into me. And so if I went older, I could get like quote unquote better guy because I have youth on my side too. It was, it was out of a low self-worth place, I guess is where I'm getting at. So if you are really looking for an older guy, zero shame. I I don't judge you one bit. Uh, Like I said, one of my best friends is dating a much older man and she's very happy with him. But I would kind of dig into why it is that you want that. And for the record, I would say this no matter what your preference is. And I'll throw you another one. I am pretty much exclusively into tall guys. And I 100% know it's because I'm insecure about being short. So just be aware that there's probably some kind of reason. And I think it's good to know what that reason is, even if like, I'm not trying to change, like I still want to date tall guys, like I don't give a shit, but I'm aware that it comes from an insecurity place. So just be, I would do some digging. Also, as far as how to keep them around, you really have to remember that there is a age difference and that you're in different places in life. And so the things that you're going to do with your girlfriends that are your age, I wouldn't do with him. Like you don't need to put on Backstreet Boys and get wasted and scream at the top of your lungs singing along with Backstreet Boys with your older man partner. With your 95-year-old boyfriend. He's going to want to listen to like ninth, like some jazz from the 20s. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he's going to want to recall music from his childhood. So <laughs> from World War One. Yeah. You might have to do a lot of like World War uh, One documentaries or, yes. you know, they called it the Great War back then. <laughs> I now that I remember, I went out a few times with a guy. I was 21 and he was in his mid 30s, which is really not that significant of an age difference. But I will say I always felt like I couldn't fully be myself. Yeah. Like I just always felt like, oh, I'm this dumb 21 year old and he's like in his mid to late 30s and he's very established and I'm just an idiot. I mean, I still think I'm an idiot, but like even more so then. And I thought the idea was really sexy, but then in in reality, I just felt weird about it. I don't know. But then when I was single, I really got it in my head. I was like, I want security. I'm older now. I'm not 21. I think I could handle a mature man. But I really think when push comes to shove, I don't know if I could personally. I think it sounds a lot sexier than it is. But yeah, you do. I mean, you do have to kind of I don't want to say censor yourself, but you have to compartmentalize your life. Like if you're dating a much older person, you're not going to be able, they're not going to be in the same place as you. So they're not going to, you're not going to be able to bring them to every part of your life. Like when I was dating an older guy, I really liked going to shows and stuff. I sure as shit wasn't bringing him to like raves with me. (laughs) 
you know? How, they're like, why is she there with her dad? <laughs> Again, he wasn't that much older. No, no, no. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, me and you also were petite and we look young. Yeah. So that's another thing. I'm like, people, I mean, maybe not so much anymore, but when I was younger, I was like, people are going to be like, why is she out with like her uncle or something? Not like, oh, this is her boyfriend. But see, in LA, that would be so normal. Like when we go out to eat, I see older men with younger women all the time. And I know for sure it's not their niece or their daughter. It's their girlfriend. Like in LA, no one would even like look at you guys twice. So if you want, yeah, like, that's true. If you want some AARP cock, <laughs> move to LA, get all the old rich men, and go wild. And I guess, did we, do you think we said enough of how to land it? Use your dating apps. Like, set your, yes. I mean, that's the easiest way. Like, set your filters to go for older. I'm telling you, every fucking 50 plus man on there will date all the way down to 20. So, that that's the easiest way. Go through your parents' Rolodex and see who's <laughs> Call your dad. Be like, which one of your rich friends is going through a divorce? I'm just concerned for them. I just want to make sure their kids are okay. And then hit up the dad. That's great advice. All good advice. Facebook. That's where the boomers hang. Go on Facebook. Yes. Write some racist shit on Facebook. (laughs) You'll be shocked by how many old people are like, DMing you but no I honestly in all seriousness I'm so pro dating older like I know I talked all this shit but I really wanted to and that's how we we came to this we asked our mutual friend because she's dating an older guy and I think whatever whatever makes you happy go for so next question is the exclusivity talk necessary to relationships what do you think Heba? Not necessarily. Uh, I mean, it depends. I, I've, I had an entire like year plus long relationship where we literally not once spoke about the fact that we were exclusive. He was also, I mean, he had crawled so far up my asshole. Like I knew for a fact that he was not sleeping with anyone else. Like he was constantly around me. He literally would not leave my side. He was the garlic, essentially. He had moved in with the garlic. It was him and the garlic residing inside of you. Okay, go on. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it certainly wasn't necessary there. I think that if there's a lack of certainty or like if there's some kind of discomfort or you want to be fully clear, I don't know. Personally, I plan to keep going on dates with new people until I'm explicitly 1000% exclusively dating someone. My opinion on this has changed so much. When I was younger, I wanted to have this talk. Date three, if I'm into you, are we exclusive? Like immediately I need to know because I I don't know why I was like that when I was younger, but it was something about not wanting to waste my time and the thought of me being intimate with someone and then them being intimate with another person repulsed me. I have the complete opposite opinion now. Now I'm like, until I'm walking down the fucking aisle, 
<laughs> until there is a ring on my finger. No, I'm kidding. In all seriousness, until the person says to you, I love you and I want to spend the rest of my life with you, no matter what happens, like you are it for me. Even if you go batshit crazy and do whatever, like I will forgive it. I will be with you. You are the one. Until they say that, you are single. Stay on the dating apps. Live your fucking life. Because if you're looking to get married or you want to fully commit, do not close that door. Do not shut down your options until they fully give you that commitment. And why even commit to someone until they want that? If you guys are just dating and sleeping together, who cares what they're doing? If they want to be with you, let them want to be with you. Don't force it on them. Don't be like, are we exclusive? Are we not exclusive? What's going on? If he or she wants to sleep with others, she's going to sleep and he's going to sleep with other people, regardless of the exclusive talk. And also, if you have anxious attachment, it's actually really good to be dating around. That's why I have set that as a personal intention. I say it tames the crazy, but it, it's actually literally recommended by psychologists for people who have anxious attachment style. So if that's you, then take advantage of this time. Don't, you know, don't be desperate to have this conversation. And when the time comes, have it. Yeah, it'll feel natural. And if, yeah, I mean, look, if you really feel like you need to know if they're sleeping with other people, number one, make sure you're ready not to sleep with anyone else because you, you can't be like a hypocrite about it and know that there's a chance that they're not going to want to. And that's the risk. And if that's, you know, a deal breaker, if that's not good enough and you're ready to be exclusive, then you have to be willing to walk away from the situation. Yeah. Don't do what I used to do, which is I would threaten something, and then, but like have zero intentions of actually getting out of the relationship. So don't be like, well, if we're not exclusive, then we're not doing this and then continue to hang out with that person. It's just going to make you look crazy. I've done that. And I also put a lot of weight on being exclusive. And at the end of the day, I feel like there's other things you probably need if you're putting so much weight on being exclusive. Like I said, if someone's going to sleep with other people, just because you say you're exclusive, that's it's not going to change that. I think making a choice to be with someone is a lot more powerful than forcing it. Yeah, I love that. Next question. How do you handle conflict before getting angry and flipping out in a new relationship? The queens. The queens of this. <laughs> Literally my specialty. <laughs> yes. We're both going to have stuff to say. Do you want me to go first, mm -hmm. Tiva? This is going to yeah. be such a layered response from me. So I have a temper. I'm admitting that. It has changed a lot through the years. The girl that I was 10 years ago is by no means the, the woman I am today. I have really, really grown up, but I am a human being. I'm not perfect. Now, my level of crazy there's all different levels, right? There's all different levels of flipping out, of getting angry. My crazy is a relatively, you know, like I dance on tables at bars. Like if we're watching a sports game, there's multiple times I've gotten into fights with old fat men that are cheering for the other team. It's a harmless <laughs> crazy. It's like, it's like, oh, she's kind of wild, but like I'm not keying cars and 
hurting people type crazy. It's like fun crazy. If you're legitimately getting angry to the level of it's scary angry, then that's a whole nother conversation. Like you need to get therapy. You need to figure things out. Having that level of temper, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about like maybe you're a little edgy. Maybe you're a little bitchy sometimes. You're not keying their car and fucking up their shit. Talking about kind of like your run of the mill angry flipping out. If you are an angry flipping out sensitive type person, and I'm saying this from personal experience, a long-term committed relationship, and maybe this is controversial for me to say, it's not going to work because that person is going to do shit to irritate you every single day you are with them. So let's say you're like, okay, I really want a relationship. I doing, I get angry and I flip out, but I'm working on myself. Look at dating like going on a job interview. When you go on a job interview and when you start get that job and you start that job, you are on your best behavior. You're showing up on time. You're working super hard. You're taking notes at all the meetings. You're responding to emails immediately. That's how you should be in dating. When you start dating someone, you should be on your best behavior for a while. And maybe you're thinking right now, but I'm not being authentic to myself. No, you're being authentic to yourself. I'm not saying change your personality. Like you are all those positive things. You are loving. You are caring. You are generous. Okay, do you get a little angry and triggered? Yes, but we're not showcasing that immediately because here's the reason. You want them to get to know you. You want them to see the positive attributes before you throw on the negative. Because then when at least you bring in some of the angry, crazy, triggery, flipping out shit that we all have, at least they know you for who you are and they can learn to be more understanding and forgive those things a lot easier. Yeah, so here's the thing. At the end of the day, whatever is going on, it's your shit. It's not theirs. Even if they're triggering something in you, you need to figure out why you're getting triggered and what it represents because I'm willing to guarantee that it has nothing to do with this person. Even if something they said is bringing some, it's bringing something up from the past and you need to go in and you need to address it. I would really recommend therapy, any kind of therapy. I think somatic therapy is really nice if you're looking for an alternative form. EMDR, we talked about. Do a deep dive into episode five because it really talks about this. But ultimately, I think that there's three broad reasons why we kind of flip out in relationships. It's either we're not voicing our needs. We're not speaking our needs. Our needs aren't being met. That's your fault. It's not the other person's fault. Yeah. Either we don't really want to be in the relationship and we're acting out as a way to get out because we're unwilling to see that we don't want to be there. Again, that's your fault. That's not the other person's fault. You need to get there and figure it out and exit the relationship gracefully. Or you have some kind of fears going on and you're trying to self-sabotage and you can visit episode five for that. 
again, that's your shit. No matter what's going on at the end of the day, it's your shit. So I'd really recommend do some deep digging there. And actually something I would really recommend is this program. They have all sorts of different workshops. It's called To Be Magnetic. We'll put it in the show notes, but I would recommend the Inner Child Workshop or any kind of inner child work. But in my Uh, you know, I've done a ton of inner child work and to be magnetics inner child workshop, I think is the best one out there. Do work like that on yourself to figure out what's really going on and not let the inner child run the show. Saving the best for last, how to do cuckolding. Am I pronouncing that right? Cuckolding? When in a committed relationship. So what cuckolding is, and he, we were pretty sure what it was, but we had to double check. It's when you make your partner have sex with someone else in front of you. When a man makes their wife have sex with someone else in front of them. Make is a strong word. Or, it's when you derive sexual pleasure from you, watching your partner have sex with someone else. I don't want to judge because obviously to each their own. And I know a lot of people are into this. I would imagine step number one is communication, right? And so if you're asking this question, I, I'm i guessing that what's happening is you haven't voiced to your partner that you want this potentially out of fear. Actually, I actually have this recommendation. I'll put it in the show notes. There is this online quiz this fetish quiz where partners can take it and you can't see each other's answers unless you both say that you'd be willing to try the same thing. So it has like a hundred different types of fetishes and you check off all of the things that you'd be willing to try. And then when you're done, it'll show you your mutual answers and nothing else. So that's a really safe way I'm a psychopath and I would pick everything just to see (laughs) what their (laughs) fetish is. I would checkmark every single fetish to really pinpoint what their fetish is. Ooh, that's smart. If I ever do this, I might do that. That's smart. Okay, so that's one way of potentially bringing it up. I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to have to communicate that this is something that you're into and see if your partner is willing to try it. And I think that maybe there are compromises that could be made if your partner doesn't want to do that. Maybe would it turn you on to like watch them flirt with someone else or just make out with someone else? Like where, like have a conversation about what you want, why it turns you on, and then find things that she is willing to do that could also satisfy that. I love that. I also like a more non-health and wellnessy because that's apparently the type of advice I give. Be so bad in bed, like just so <laughs> terrible <laughs> that like they're not having any orgasms. Like it's just a miserable experience. So then when you're like, hey, do you want to do this? Or like, yes, like I need to get off so badly. <laughs> Anyone else but you <laughs> is better. That's one approach. And also, I don't know if the question was maybe like best practices. And I would say make sure you have boundaries. So if let's say your partner is down to do it, but you just want to make sure that shit doesn't get fucked up, then maybe don't pick like her guy best friend 
or her ex-boyfriend or someone who you feel really threatened by. Anytime you want to do anything explorative, you really, really need very strong communication, honesty, trust, and boundaries. And if you really want a friend to, like someone that you guys trust, right, but you're like worried that it could be awkward, pick someone that you guys both know that's really attractive but has a terrible personality so you know (laughs) no one's gonna get feelings and it should be fine or just go heva's around and have an open conversation but these are like mine are more practical like (laughs) heva's are healthy feel like having an open and honest conversation then (laughs) just find a shitty person Did you want to share anything else that's in your heart or in your spirit, Heva? Or are you good for this Thanksgiving? Ah, uh, you know, I'm good. I want to thank you guys for listening. Honestly, not to be cheesy, but my heart is very full. And this Thanksgiving, I'm really grateful for you guys for listening, for tuning in. Tiffany, I'm so grateful for you our friendship, our little podcast baby that we're raising together, (laughs) co-parenting the podcast with you. Yes, likewise. I feel the same exact way. So thankful for everyone and anyone that is listening to this. It's following our Instagram. By the way, you've been listening to this. I'm wearing the most ridiculous wig. I've been wearing it this entire time. Just I I was like, I want to do something special for Thanksgiving. And apparently that's wearing a wig. I don't know how I came up with that. (laughs) But um, if you want to see it, go to our Instagram. Also, follow us on Instagram at blush pod. And per usual, please subscribe share with your family and friends, leave a five-star review. And if you screenshot that you are subscribed and screenshot your five-star review and email it to theblushpod at gmail.com, we're doing a giveaway. Don't think you sat through that story for nothing. He was actually giving away the garlic that was in her vagina. I was going to say that, Tiffany. I can't believe it. Wait, did you tell- I'm not even joking. I was going to say that. You guys, this giveaway We never plan what the giveaway no. is. It's always a surprise for each other. I was literally going to say that. Same wavelength. I love this. You guys, please, honestly, like we're joking, just subscribe. We'll give away something legitimate. Yeah, we'll like, we'll, yeah, we'll we'll give you something good. I promise it won't be my yeast covered garlic clove. Thank you for listening. We love you guys. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving and stay safe. Bye, guys.